Impact, Income, and Influence. Nikki started off her adult life as a paralegal, and after several years in the legal field, she realized that she had a calling to do something else. So she left her job and started Easy Peasy Kitchen, which was a food delivery service that filled the gaps left by Blue Plate and other meal delivery by providing healthy local food that was almost ready to go so that people could just cook it very quickly and have a great meal. This podcast covers how she built that business from the ground up. Enjoy. Impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today. And that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show today. I have Nikki Tomano with me. Um, Nikki is an owner at a place called Easy Peasy Kitchen, which features homemade del- homemade meals delivered to their door. Mm-hmm. Nikki had no intention of ever starting this business, which is why her story is so phenomenal. Nikki, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for being on. So talk to us a little bit. Let's start with what Easy Peasy Kitchen is, what it does. Give me, give me the, the elevator pitch. Okay, so Easy Peasy Kitchen is um, for crazy busy moms and yes, dads too. Um, And it's just, it's teaching high efficiency skills um, to get food on the table stat because um, in our family, we love to eat around the dinner table. We love to be together. And so the more we can bring families back together, that's our heart. And um, so we have three tiers. Um, We have a premier service where we actually prep um, out all the food and deliver it. So we have about 200 servings every Monday that goes out to various clients. It shows up at their door and then they have about 20, um, 20, 30 minutes of just cooking. So like if you're familiar with like what Blue Apron was or some of those other services, you would get the box and it would have maybe the ginger with the onion and all the whole ingredients in it. We've already chopped down the onion, the ginger, um, put it together in its marinade and your meat is already marinating. And so then now you just have to pull it out and cook it. Um, we make everything from scratch and we follow a paleo-esque model. So everything is made right there and super healthy. Nice. Um, and you don't and need then- any knife skills? What? You don't need any knife skills, like no one's dicing onions. I love it. Done. It's all like that's why like these moms, you know, they're like, I feel gourmet because they can just like drop it in, you know, and then they're like, This is awesome. And um, I've had one client who, you know, I think for probably six months she didn't tell her husband that like she was doing none of this, right? That's (laughs) awesome. I was like, I love it. Um, And then we also do recipes. Um, So those same recipes that we make the meals for the um, premier clients, we have just the recipes and we do everything the easy peasy kitchen way. So it's just, it's super simple, easy. We break it down. We've got a process and efficiency that we look at things. Um, And then that's emailed to you weekly. And then we have various um, courses online from Instant Pot uh, courses and vaults videos to a cookbook. And we're uh, October 5th getting ready to launch 
an, uh, power hour meal prep program um, that's actually, I'm really excited. It comes with this box. Oh, look at the box. Helped me um, design. So anyway, yeah, we just, we, we are just looking um, at how to help families get food on the table, clean, delicious food on the table, saving money, keeping them at a budget, um, the good old fashioned way. I love it. That's, I mean, I, a lot of the girls that I dated did, you know, either sunshine basket or blue apron or something like right. that. And your stuff, your stuff is better than that because you're actually going and picking it up. Like, I know we've had some discussions around like how you get the food and you're yeah. local, you're not doing a nationwide delivery, no. right? Not yet. And the way that our plan to get it into nationwide doesn't look anything like the delivery systems that others are. Um, we don't want the preservatives and all that. So um, we're, we're reaching out to other people in other cities to create their own easy peasy kitchens based off our model. Which that I absolutely love. We'll get into that a little bit yeah. later. I want to dive into how you got to Easy Peasy Kitchen because you are not, would you, I mean, would you call yourself an entrepreneur if you would go back in time a little bit? Would you have ever thought that you would be one? No, no. I had my identity wrapped up in, in various things. So like in high school and all that, like I wanted to be an attorney or I wanted to be in the FBI or the CIA and, um, I, was, I could totally uh, see that. I know. I can't too. Still to this day. Um, and I did go down uh, when I was in my mid to late 20s. I did go down and interview uh, with the FBI, uh, but they were not hiring at the time what I had. Um, I actually, before I met my husband, had a, um, uh, uh, I was headed to the Peace Corps. And so, yeah, I had a um, application all filled out. And so I was ready to go. And then I met him and I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to go to Africa. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So um, uh, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. Um, my, I come from a family, a divorced family. My dad, very much an entrepreneur. My mom, uh, same job for 50 years. I mean, she just retired. Ugh, and I'm not like boo-hooing that. So like I got into that thinking, oh, maybe that's what I wanted to do. Um, I was a D1 athlete in college. Uh, what sport? And then, um, and so I, I had a girlfriend who's like, um, oh no, actually this is really funny. I took a cadaver class because I wanted to be a forensic specialist. And so um, I went into the cadaver class and after the first one, like I had the formaldehyde like up, stuck up my nose and I got out of there and I just had this moment of like, the rest of my life is going to be dependent on people dying. I was like, this is not okay. So um, I uh, was like, uh, no. So my girlfriend's like, why don't you be a teacher like me? And I was like, oh, I could try being a teacher. Okay. I like kids and whatever. So I got my teaching degree <laughs> and I went down. Um, I got a job in Boise, Idaho as a teacher. And um, I did it for two years and uh, I liked the kids, but I think the starting pay at the time was like 19.5. And oh yeah. 19.5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just saw your face. And so I was like, hmm. Um, and, you know, so I would have to get like a pretty good job during the summer or, or coach, uh, uh, not coaching, but um, 
uh, tutoring or um, I was a sea a kayak guide during the summers through colleges. So it's like I, I needed to find something that was going to pay well or get good tips. Um, so I just had this moment of like, this is not for me. And then this is like the forever. So, you know, I'm like talking to someone who's like, I've been teaching 50 years. And I was like, um, I'm yeah. so glad that you are on video right now. I know it's so bad. I can't hide anything. And I talk with my hands and our family's Italian. So I'm always like, ah. but, um, don't get me wrong. Teachers are amazing. I'm married to one. Like that is absolutely fantastic. Um, I loved the kids. I loved teaching. I loved finding like different styles to go about it, but the bureaucracy and the parents just were not for me. And so, um, it just, it kind of cut at my heart and realized like, I can't do this every day the rest of my life. Like I have to create something that's mine. And I felt like every time I tried to create something that was mine in the classroom, I got cut down. So, um, my mom was like, well, what do you want to do? Like you wanted to be an attorney, but where I was living at the time, there was no law school, but there was a master's in paralegal studies. So I was like, mm, maybe I should do that. So I signed up for that, did that. Um, I got a, I was a case assistant in a, in a law firm, um, kind of zippy and snappy uh, attitude that I was my mid twenties. And um, I landed this awesome job um, doing insurance defense. And so I got to travel two weeks out of every month up to Canada, Calgary on this case. And I fell in love with the fact that like, I knew something important and I got to travel with it. And so I was like, I'm in love with this. And then the next case came along and I had to learn rebar um, from a traffic thing. And so um, like a rebar that's in um, uh, freeway yeah. uh, materials. And so then I got to learn that and I was like, this is really awesome. And so um, I was like, I like learning new things and it kept it alive and fresh. Like I wasn't stuck on the same thing. And so I was like, oh, there's something to this. Well, at the time, my, my dad had had a job when I was in high school, college. So he was an entrepreneur. He created software that then my, uh, we live born and raised in Seattle. Um, Microsoft ended up buying his product from him. And um, so then he went on to his next gig. Well, his daughter's studying to be a teacher. So he's like, I'll do it too. So then he went to go on to be a teacher. Um, but in between that, he, uh, my stepmom is a flight attendant. And so she's been a flight attendant her whole life. Absolutely loves it. She's, she's an amazing lady. Um, and my dad's like, I'm going to go become a flight attendant with my wife and we're going to travel the world. So he went to flight attendant school and becomes this flight attendant and they for two years and they literally travel the world together and then he's like hate it don't want to do this because he he's used to being the ceo not the little guy so um he quit that and then he started like travel agencies and all this other kind of stuff and i just fell in love with that i was like that's my heart like to do the next thing anyway so i i moved into different areas of law um then i got to do um immigration law HR law. And then I started doing mergers and acquisitions and I fell in love with mergers and acquisitions because part of it, you had to be an efficiency expert. Like you had to figure out what they had or didn't have that then would make you want to purchase them or sell them. And so, um, I did a lot of discovery work and I loved that. So it was fresh, it was clean, it was new, but I could create systems and I love systems. 
But then I was also on the side of that, like I started to get into direct sales and, um, you know, everyone told me like, you're crazy. What are you thinking? Why would you do direct sales? Like, this is going to go bust, you know? Um, tell, oh tell me, tell me yeah. what you mean by direct sales. Like, what were you selling? Like multi-level marketing, health and wellness, supplements, shakes, you know, that kind of stuff. Because uh, my husband and I are really big into, um, you know, he was high into athletics. I was too. Um, we're, we're big into staying healthy. Um, my husband is a, you know, like a, a really good fitness instructor, not instructor, but trainer. And so, um, uh, you know, we just, we were like, oh, this makes sense. Like, this is great. But it was a good fit. I mean, it was, a, it was a great fit. And, um, and I was like, I can do this. And I had gotten some great results on the product. So I was like, why not? So I just started sharing and I started thinking like when women come to me and they're like, Oh, you got your nails done. Where'd you get them done? And you're like, Oh, you got to try it. It's like Foxy or Oh, your hair. Or like, what are you eating? You know? And you share all I said was, I'm just going to share what I'm doing. So I started to do that and um, started doing really well in it. And we started moving up pretty fast in that, um, you know, got a lot of bulk, got a lot of like, you're crazy. Um, what did you, was, I want to yeah. touch on that really quick. Cause yeah. what did you, how'd you handle that? Because I feel like every entrepreneur, whether they're starting a business easy peasy kitchen, whether they're starting an MLM, whatever they're doing, a lot of people give us plaque. I know when I went out on my own, everyone was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That is crazy. You have a six yeah. figure corporate job. Why would you do that? And I wasn't in an MLM. I know you get it for MLM. So how did you handle that internally? Because that's, it's your friends, it's your family. It's the people that you care about. How'd you handle that? Well, we lost a lot of friends. Um, when you say lost, lost, like, like no longer friends with, like we choose not to be associated with you kind of things. And that was hard. Um, we were friends, you know, we started to become really good friends with the people that were in our upline downline, that kind of stuff. And it was doing really well that that's how that's kind of where we decided to put some, our eggs in that basket. You know, we really wanted to put the time and effort into these people. And so we became really close to them and they became our good friends. Um, and we can get to that. We'll get to more of that later. Like what happens to that friendship when that goes away, like when you don't want to do this anymore. And so, you know, what it's really based on, but, um, uh, you know, my dad, my parents were really tough with it. Like my dad didn't understand. He's like, I can just go to Costco. You know, my dad's from New York. He's like, I can just go to Costco and get whatever I need. And I was like, yeah, but it's not the same. And it, you know, it doesn't have the right ingredients and here's what you want to do. And he's like, yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. And I was like, awesome. Thanks dad. You know, or like if he was going to try it, like I needed to send it to him, but it had to be free. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, but my mom was a good supporter of it. She liked it. That was fine. And, and we found, you know, we found a good rhythm. Um, it stunk. It hurt. Um, you know, I, I, we, it was a learning process. I wouldn't say that like we, like we just like, dropped right in and we're like, we're killing this. Like we had to like kind of figure it out too, because, um, we didn't necessarily step into it. Right. Like we wanted to vomit all over you and fire hose you with like the benefits of everything you need, you know, versus just being humble about it and just, you know, so it was, it was a process, but what it did for me is it was the stepping stone to the confidence builder of 
I can do this next thing on my own. And so um, I went to a corporate law gig um, and I was there for a while, but um, it wasn't for me in the long run and they didn't love my side gig either. Um, so we just didn't come to terms on that. And I just wasn't happy anymore. I had a couple good friends, um, but I just was not happy. It was like, they were, it, they were just stealing my joy. Like everything about me, they were just, it was breaking me down. Like I would earn something and then it got taken away or like, you know, you, you just, I, I still think about that place. And I just feel so sorry for the people that are there because they just aren't living. And I want, I want them to feel that life outside of that place, there's life, there's joy. It's, it's not mundane. So I was scared. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to work there anymore, but I've got this direct sales business, this, this MLM, and we're going to do that and we're going to be fine. And my husband is great. He's like, okay, well, then we just started, we're like, well, what do we have? Like, what can we do? And so I started putting like all the things um, together. Like I, well, this, this was a kicker too. This is, you'll die from this. So I am an efficiency expert in a way, like if, when you ask me my superpower, like that's what I have. So those were the systems that I put into place with the mergers and acquisitions. But then also we, Arne and I, um, that's my husband, we, we crazy busy, you know, and then I was having kids at the time and, you know, another aspect of crazy busy. But what was always the same thing throughout is that we always had food, like good, delicious food. So I would be sitting there or he'd be at work, I'd be at work and people come up and they're like, you're super busy or you're traveling a lot for work, but how do you have that? Like, how do you make that? Like, what is that? And I was like, oh, this is da, 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 da. Here's what you do, blah, blah, blah. And so one gal came to me and she's like, can I pay you to make my food? And I was like, what? No, you're crazy. And then I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. And so there I was like typing up a little menu and I was like, and it's all based on what did I want to eat this week? So if I'm going to make it, it's an efficiency process, right? So then you just like go down the line and throw it together, but we could always do it healthy. So um, here I was walking into work with a full suit with a little cooler that I'm pulling with me and then going down to all the cubicles and like handing out their food and collecting their checks. And so that's when my, that company was like, no. no. <laughs> and so um, I was like, okay, fine. And it stung. It hurt because, you know, I was loyal to this particular company for 10 years. And I was like, really? That's how it's going to go down? Like, all right. Well, that's it's the universe, right? I think the universe for a long time was telling me universe, God, whatever you want to use, but like was telling me like, you need to go, like it's time to go. But I was like, these people can't survive without me. They need me. Well, and then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I got the boot. Right. And so it was the universe facing, like I tried, but I had to do it the hard way. You know, like you held on so tight and I was trying to open up your, your fingers to let you go. But I just had to like, poof, you know, and I was like, got it. So I had to sit in that for a little bit and just kind of revel and realize like the signs were everywhere. I just chose not to listen to them. Well, it's, I want to, touch on that really quick like yeah I think we as I mean I've I was an entrepreneur I worked for a company in college then I went out on my own built my own business then I went back and worked in corporate and then I I went out on my own again and the thing is that like we want 
as human beings, we want to be needed. Yes. Like what you said about this company was dependent on me. They needed me. They couldn't live without me. Every employee I know that is a good employee has that in their mind. And when you go to like be an entrepreneur and you're like, but I have this idea. You had somebody tell you, can I pay you for this? And your first thought was no, right? right. And it's yeah. like, if somebody is asking you, if, if you do something in your life, if you're listening to this and you do something and you have somebody ask you, how do you do that more than once or twice? That's yeah. a business idea that you can package and sell. Yeah. The belief yes. is all up in your head. It is not like you have everybody. I believe, I mean, you and I are on the same page on this, like we're on a lot of things, but they, we all have something inside of us that we can do and sell and make a living doing, especially if you're listening to this podcast, because not just anyone would choose to listen to this podcast. So yeah, I uh, mean, talk about, so you, you got the boot, you're making food. How do you like, what was your mindset and how did you move forward? Go ahead. Well, okay. So that is awesome. So I left that business. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'm making this food for people. Like, I know my rest, people love my recipes and they love how I do things. They love the efficiency of how I do it and make it that creates time for them. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. So I threw it all in with the supplements, right? The supplement packages and the shakes and we've got it all for you. And I would just like fire hose them and great. And I'm like, why are people, why, why doesn't everyone want any of this? Like I'm willing to do like pantry cleanouts and create recipes for you so that they go in line with your perfect supplements so you can lose all this weight that you need to lose, you know, that kind of stuff. And people were just like, that's not great. But then I, what I did next is um, I actually went to a Wills, Wills Estates and Trust class um, cause I was like, I'm going to go be an adult and get a will and a trust and set up my estate with my husband. And we're sitting there and I open up this pamphlet and I'm going through it. And this gal's putting on this seminar and to this side is all the stuff I'm supposed to be filling out. But on this side, it's, she's a marketing guru and she's talking about how she can do coaching and how she can pull the idea out and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, switch. And so then I was like reading the marketing piece the whole time. And I was like, Oh, she's got like, I need to know more about this. So she invited me to this seminar and, um, she had me work through some, uh, exercises and whatnot with this group of women. And she had a low ticket, you know, entry point 997 for group coaching. If you've got an idea or want to be an entrepreneur. And I don't know, even at the time, if I knew what the word entrepreneur really meant, or if I was really willing to take it on, you know, that difference between like hobby and entrepreneur. And so, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, well, she helped me cut out the MLM side and then cut out like this whatever this other side was. And then later we named it, it was easy peasy kitchen. And it is, and then that's what it's become today. So, and then that just took off. I mean, people were like that. I want that. They're like, I want all the cooking stuff. I don't need the supplements. Like, you know what I mean? And so I was like, Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And then it just took off. So it was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well then it's hard because <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like the new ideas are on me and what am I going to do? And then do I have a team? Am I doing it myself? You know, what is this going to look like? And, uh, and so Arne and I, we went up to this particular coaches, um, like a retreat seminar and, um, 
she and her husband put it on and they said, um, you need to have a high ticket. What, what is that? Like something in the not, you know, thousand dollar range, $700 range. Like you need to have something. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And so we were driving home this two hour ride. And I was like, what if I actually made food? Cause I started interviewing people who had blue apron and I'm like, what do you, like, why do you do this? Why do you like it? But we hate about it. And it kept coming down to, it's still taking me an hour. Um, Blue Apron is still taking me an hour These, because everything's coming singly. I'm reading the recipe four or five times over. It doesn't make sense to me. And I'm, and I'm still like, how do you, how do you cut up ginger? You know? And I was like, I can do this better. Like there's a system to this. There's an efficiency side to this. And then that's when we created our premier service. And I remember my very first client um, she is no longer with us, <laughs> not on the planet, but like, cause you know what, the, when you first take your clients, you're willing to take anyone who will pay you, um, whether you like them or not. And so, um, but yeah, but now, you know, we've created a six plus figure business working two days a week. And I don't think that's too bad. That is awesome. So there's a lot to unpack in there. Oh. The first First thing I want to touch on, and then we're going to, we're going to move on in two or three minutes, but there's, yeah. I want to make a couple points. The first one is you were raised by a serial entrepreneur who was yeah. always doing something new and you were like, no, 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 I'm going to be a teacher and no, 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 I'm going to work in a law office. No, 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 I'm going to do this. No, no. And then it dawned on you. I love learning. I don't know if you see this, but I love learning. And I love doing what's next and I love figuring it out. Yeah. Which those are like, if you have any of those traits, you might be an entrepreneur. Like, um, but you married a teacher. I did. Um, how does that work? Okay. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, uh, gosh. So partway through our marriage, um, we hit, I don't want to say like a dead end, but we were kind of just drifting in the night and we weren't on the same page financially, um, really respecting what it is each of us did in our, in our business. Um, you know, for a while, well, it might be the red one. <laughs> And sometimes that's hard to get over. Like that's, there's sometimes an ego with that. And what does that look like and, and whatnot. And so, um, so the breadwinner and, uh, <laughs> and so it, it just, we, we had to create this mutual respect around what each of us were doing. Um, we are also both only children. And so when you, oh, unpack that one. Yeah. So, um, so there was a lot there too, but my dad, um, wouldn't let us come apart. Does that make sense? So like, um, for me, I knew that divorce, like I was not going to get a divorce, but at the same time, like I didn't want my boys, I have two boys seeing this relationship and realizing, um, this is what marriage is supposed to look like, because this is not what marriage is supposed to look like in my book. Um, and so we had to get on the same page and it was that direct sales business that actually put us on the same page. It was, it was taking care of an alignment issue, but it was also taking care of a money issue. So we had some debt that we needed to clear out. And so we were able to kind of like figure that out. So, whereas like I had already been a teacher, then law, then direct sales. And now this, that gave him a taste of like, Oh, there's more to then going to the classroom every single day. And then 
during the summer um, just doing the mundane. So he got a taste of it and that was great. He recently, um, so then he was a coach at a gym also. So he's teaching, he's a CrossFit coach at a gym and then he has, he created a teens class. Then um, the Hermosis, Alex and yeah. um, his wife, um, Layla. Layla Hermosi, he fell in love with them and he took their program um, when Jim COVID Lawrence. Yeah. And, um, and he implemented everything and that's taken off for him. So it's, he, he's been fit before, but like, okay to fall back on the teaching. This year with the Hermosis program, he's like, I don't want to teach again, you know? And like for all his bosses out there listening, like he's good at what he does, but, but he's better at, at whatever. So he's got all these clients who have lost like 30 plus pounds who were told that, you know, you're just older, you're never going to lose it. And he doesn't do it in a way that like you have to kill yourself working out. So yeah. So he was a teacher, but he really is a side entrepreneur. And I think now he's trying to work himself out of this teaching gig too. Nice. I mean, yeah. there, the, and there, there's stuff in there that we can talk about oh. as well. I'd like to touch on, I mean, what's the, how are the skill sets different? Because I think that is, I've seen entrepreneur couples where both of them are, you know, the, the, the high D like have to go out and have to conquer and they're butting heads. But then it yeah. seems like the people who really get it together, like he saw, he obviously had a different sales set, but he started to see the money come in when you guys were doing the direct mark, the direct sales. And yeah. he was like that. I mean, everybody speaks the language of money. I don't care yeah. who you are. Everybody speaks that language. Yeah. So when that starts coming in, he's like, whoa, what you're doing is right. He, I'm guessing he probably doesn't jump around as much as you do, and he might not love learning as much, but he still loves a piece of it. So how do you guys complement each other? Well, that's funny. So the money, it does speak to it. So when I first started the direct sales, he wasn't entirely sure, but the first check I got, like I put it to the refrigerator because all men eat. And so he like looked at this thing and he's like, whoa, what's that? And I was like, oh, just a little check that I earned and blah, blah, blah. He's like, that has a couple zeros behind it. And I was like, I know it's cute. And then, I, you know, I had to get him thinking like, oh, if you just put a little bit more time into this and there's even a couple more zeros behind that, you know? And so that got us on the same plane. Um, we compliment each other. Uh, Arn is such a nice guy. Like you will not meet a nicer man. He's, um, he's just really good. He's incredibly intelligent. Um, I am more like impatient, feisty, um, Italian, Italian, very Italian. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we're the yang to each other's yang. I mean, we, we struggle, there's issues, but like, it comes back to communication, 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 and then also surrounding ourselves with the right people. Um, you know, I noticed a dip in our relationship or even our entrepreneurial relationships with each other and respecting each other when we had people, around us who would nitpick at their other person. So then I would nitpick at him. So I needed to surround myself with people who are like, no, that's not okay. Or you need to lift each other up or you need to communicate. So um, Marley Jacks is a dear friend of mine and had been living with us. And, you know, Arn and I were kind of, you know, with COVID it's stressful, like everyone in the same house. And she's like, you guys need to go on a walk every morning. Here are the topics you need to talk about to get on the same page. It's not going to take more than 20 minutes. Go. And I was like, you want me to do what? I was like, I'm not 
not doing that. And she's like, yes, you are. And so, um, you know, I think she had gotten it from Alex Sharfin, but we started to do it. Um, it took me about a week to get over my ego. Like I'm not sharing my calendar with him. Like what, what, you know, but, but we weren't aligning in like where we were. So we needed to put something back in place. And again, I love systems, but I was bulking this one. And so once we did it though, it just put us right back on the same page. So now we're open. I mean, now even tonight, like we've signed up for professional financial budgeting and like a financial planner. And so last night you would have never in a lifetime see us sitting down next to each other, like talking through our financials and being calm about it. Because normally I'm like, you spend too much or you spend too much. Or like, why does all my have to go to, you know what I mean? And now I'm like, all right. Okay. That's fine. That's so awesome. It, the dynamics have changed quite a bit, I think with our maturity and growth, but um, also I really want, I don't know that I respected what he was trying to do enough and I just wanted to respect my own thing and that's not okay. I mean, I think some of that comes from being an only child because that's definitely like, it's not, I'm an only child and we don't do it on purpose, but it's like we were raised as an only <laughs> child. So we were the center of the universe and like, yeah. Why wouldn't it be that way in a marriage? I mean, you can say that and you're like, oh, but anyway, I want to leave. Yeah. So we, we went on like the full journey with you I'm to sorry. where you are. No, no, no. This is awesome. Okay. Um, the two other things that I want to unpack from your story yeah. are the first one. There, well, I'm trying to think how to, how to phrase them. Um, the first one is like, you were always an entrepreneur, but you had to find, you had to keep going. We all have to keep going through things. And then you get there and you build something, but it's not the thing. Like, I mean, you didn't set out to be a chef. You didn't set out to create food. It was something that came up and you saw the opportunity and you figured out how to monetize it. I've talked to a lot of people who are like dead set. I am doing this. I want to be X. And yeah. I feel like sometimes they miss the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if, if you had to go back and tell, like, tell yourself in high school what you were doing, would you have ever said that you would be where you are? No. Uh-uh. No. But, but <laughs> you were open to the journey. I'm like, find a guy, marry rich, and maybe be in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, then the second thing is, like, you talked about friends which we yeah. can, we can definitely discuss. I mean, we, yeah. we become like the people we hang out with. That's every, every self-help book has always said that. And it's so true. So how did you handle going through friend changes? And I know when I left my corporate job, I made the decision, like they all went to the bars every night and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to read. I'm going to watch some YouTube videos. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something different than that. And they didn't like, we never had a discussion. It wasn't like, we hate you. It was, we just stopped hanging out. And when yeah. we did hang out, there wasn't anything to talk about because I was like, I'm going this way. I'm doing this. How did that, I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I think that's something that holds a lot of people back. Friendships are rough and it's, it, they can be brutal. I think in my twenties, like I just wanted to be liked by everybody and you know, high school, whatever too. And you just really want to cling to those relationships and have the fun and the parties and um, or at least that's how I was. And then when I was in those jobs, I was mistaking friendships or those cues as to like, we're friends, but they're like, no, we're just colleagues. Or I would think all my acquaintances were my friends. Right. Um, and as I got a little bit wiser, smarter, um, 
you know, I think I had some good friends. I was always, I'm, I'm incredibly loyal. I'm loyal to a T and I'm probably too loyal. Um, like I would help you move a body, you know, like, all right, let's do this kind of thing. And, um, and so I just, I had, but I'm also pretty brazen. Like you cross that loyalty and we're done, like cut off, done. But what was really hard with some friendships is where we live is that we live in a small town right now, um, a small community in the foothills outside of Boise, Idaho. And I love this neighborhood. It is a fantastic neighborhood for kids. It's great. The bad thing about it though, it's a small community outside of Boise. And so, you know, really a lot of people know everybody, everybody knows your kids, everyone knows your kids and that's tough. And so, but with that comes friendships that have been lost over what you do, how you raise your kids. Um, oh my gosh, you're not doing that anymore, but you're doing this now, like what the heck? And, and it's hard and it stinks, but I think you're absolutely right. Like you have to surround yourself with the people who are going to make you better, who support you, who, who push you, nudge you. And as I've gotten older, um, my sphere of friendships has, my inner circle has just become smaller and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm okay with the people that I know that I can count on and I'm, but I'm also okay with meeting new people, but I don't necessarily have to say, they're going to be my best friend. They're going to be my great friend. They need to be in my inner circle. Like it's okay to have these people in your life for a purpose, for a season. And some people aren't okay with me saying that. They're like, that's just wrong. Are you, so you're using them? I'm like, no, but for a season, there might be a reason like why you guys are really together. And then it, there's people it, change. People change. I mean, not, um, I've got a girlfriend who calls it breaking code, you know, like, where we're in entrepreneurs and a lot of people don't understand that. And some people like, I just couldn't talk to them anymore because they were nine to five or they just didn't understand what I was doing. Or the fact that like for a while there, I was the only one to answer the responses to the emails or take the phone calls or come up with the new ideas or work, whatever it was that I had to work hard and they got to leave it wherever, or they were, they were work from home moms or stay, stay at home moms. And that's fine too. I mean, I thought I was never, ever, ever going to be, want to be a stay at home mom. Um, and then I, I got the chance to be a work from home mom and I would never do, I would never work in a place again, like knock on wood, but I would never be a nine to five or, or, or have an office outside of the home. Like I love having complete influence over my kids every day, but some of my past friends didn't have the same belief and they thought that I was lowering my standards to come and do what it is I was doing. They just didn't understand. You know, it took my mom quite a while too. I mean, for a while there, she would ask me like, are you still doing that hobby, easy peasy kitchen, that, that thing, she would call it that thing. And I was like, yeah, mom, you know, that thing that pays for everything that we do. Absolutely. I'm doing it, you know? And, um, but we've gotten to travel the world now, you know, I went to, I've biked through, um, Netherlands to um, uh, Germany, uh, we did for my 40th birthday, we've done um, Italy all the way up to the coast on a yacht into um, France, we've done um, Vietnam, I mean, I did Greece, uh, you know, it's like all these, all these things that were in my heart that I wanted to do that, that um, 
I now get to do because of the steps that I took to take. Um, they weren't easy. Creating a business, becoming an entrepreneur, losing friendships, friendships that you, you, uh, you know, somewhere I was really surprised by. Um, but it was just clearing the way to make room for, you know, people like you and, um, you know, being able to meet other new people that really could influence my life in a positive way. That's, I mean, that's even talking about your, your marriage, like it was the same thing, like being around people who are positive influences, who can call you on your crap, who can, who can help support you when you need support and can, and can push you in a positive direction. Yeah, It's the world is so full of people who don't want to have a hard discussion or they constantly, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. They're yes people. Yeah. And that's, that's not what you really want as a friend. I don't think entrepreneurs can be that way. We're just wired right. to be like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's fix it. Let's like, we're honest with each other. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's really cool to see how things have come full circle. It's really cool that your husband is out now doing his own business because I'm sure that like as much as easy peasy kitchen is very cool. And it was probably both of you, like his heart obviously is more in the training. And like, maybe it gives him something that he can do and, but you still can connect over it because you're having, it, it's all a business, right? And yeah. you're growing each other. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, you know, he used to help a lot of things that like, I would like financial stuff. I was never really taught how to do that growing up. And, um, so that's one thing like we just implore in our boys, like, what does that cost? How much is that going to cost you? You know, you have to pay for that, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't really get that growing up and that's no fault of anybody's, but you know, I think parents were just in a different time, place, survival, whatever. And, um, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but you know, it's just, I forgot what I was going to say, dang it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk. Yeah. Let's go really quick because we're, we're almost to the end of our time. But yeah. what I would love to hear from you is if there's somebody out there who's getting started in something or if they're working on something, what are your superpowers and what would you say allowed you to have success? Because I know a lot of people who they either struggle a lot at the beginning with one idea. They found something that they can sell, but they just struggle to make a living at it or they, they're struggling to find something. What, would, what allowed you to be successful? Um, what allowed me to be successful? I think taking a chance on myself. I think, um, again, surrounding myself with people who, um, knew my heart and knew that I needed to do something else or, um, I mean, let's talk about, I'm looking for tactics. Like when you started doing direct marketing, right? Like yeah. a lot of people are so intimidated by that. They might join. They might be one of the like 10, 10% that joins, but then they have no idea how to go sell anything. They don't have any interest. They're scared to death. Yeah. And when you started Easy Peasy Kitchen, like, I mean, yes, you had a coach. What was something that your coach had you do that helped you gain traction quickly? Yeah, I think a coach or a mentor is probably the most important thing um, all the time. Um, what did they have me do? I had to, I had to interview people. I had to figure out people's pain points. I had to listen to people. I had to, um, I had to listen. That's what I had to do. I had to stop talking. I had to get some humility and start listening because I don't, you, you, you don't know what people need until you start listening to hearing what they need. Like, 
and hearing it repetitively over and over. So when I went and did some interviews with a bunch of people, okay, you're a full-time working mom, an executive type, you know, because most of my premieres are, are higher um, uh, tiered management moms. Um, they've got kids in sports, husband is full-time working also, or they're single. Um, and they were in the drive-through um, spending XYZ amount of money outside. And, and I'm like, okay, so they're crazy busy moms. Their pain point is their budget. They're eating unhealthy food. What can I give them or create for them a process that's going to make their lives easier? Because moms hold guilt. All we want is what's best for our family and our kids. And, you know, and, and so we're willing to like put everything in front of us to make sure for the betterment of, of others. Um, we struggle with self-care. So like, I just need to listen and then hear those pain points and then create something around it. Anybody who's starting, I think just get over the naysayers, get over your own, like, it's going to be freaking hard. It's going to cost some money. Um, you're going to get people, uh, who are, are going to leave your tribe. Um, you know, I, a girlfriend of mine, we called it breaking code. Like when you um, started to grow, I got, I, I, gr I was growing. I'm, I'm a different person than I was way before. I'm calmer. The things I pick, pick your battles, right? The things that used to infuriate me. Now I'm like, eh, you know, like, eh. <laughs> that might be the gin. Yeah. But now <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, that really bothers me, but I have to figure out why, or I'm, I'm willing to have more conversations with myself and people around me. We're like, that didn't feel so good. Why is that? Why am I feeling this? What's going on? And is it me? Is it an insecurity or is it like, did I do something or was I really, um, or, or am I just like, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to do more work on yourself than you're willing to do from anyone else. No one's going to do this job for you. And so you just, find the confidence, muster it within you. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fake it till you make it, but if you have to like do positive affirmations every morning to get yourself in the right headspace, I always say go for the no and not the yes. Like you're so gung ho on trying to hear the yes that when you don't, it breaks your heart. But if you hear no all the time, then you finally hear the yes, like that's freaking awesome. So just change the script. I mean, that's and just do it. I mean, I think just going out and doing it day after day, I love that you talked about interviewing people. That was something you actually brought up with Blue Apron people earlier. That's yeah. the easiest way. If you think that you want to sell something, let's say that you're listening to this and you've had a few people that you're like, yeah, people have asked me how I do X, Y, Z. Go talk to several people and figure out why. Because you might think that they want to buy from you because it solves a problem in your head, right? But you don't know the truth. We don't know everything. We need to put our egos aside, the people who can do that and go out and talk to 10, 15, 20 people and work with them. Don't worry about getting paid. Be curious. Yeah. Figure yeah. out what's going on. Why would they buy that service? Why would they buy what you would make? If you figure that out up front, it's going to save you thousands of dollars and wow. tons of time and a whole bunch of pain because here's the thing. When you ask them and they tell you, I, I don't want to spend an hour in the kitchen. I don't know how to chop garlic. Yeah. I don't know how to you know, make all the stuff. The food comes and half the time I waste it. That's yeah. a huge aha. All you have to do is fix it and they'll buy from you. It makes exactly. it super easy. Yeah. It's, it's, 
just get humble and, and do the work, you know, and just dig in. And the other thing is create allies, um, find those people that you can, that are in your circle, your inner circle that you can trust their allies. They're going to give you the honest opinion. Um, I have a girlfriend that I walk with every other Wednesday morning. Um, she's one of my business besties. She's killing it in the marketing world. And I'm so proud of her, but before my language would have been like, I don't like her. You know, it's because I was jealous of her, right? But now we've become these business besties. I walk with her and she'll call me out. She's like, I don't like what this is doing to you or um, that doesn't sound good or you need to get over that and just do blah, blah, blah. Or why are you, you know, trudging your feet and not launching X, Y, Z, right? And, um, and so you need to find those allies that are going to continue to push you, but also give you the right. They're not invested in you in any way. Sometimes coaches, because you've paid them, they're invested in you. So they're going to tell you some things or want you to do some things that maybe aren't what you want to do. But when you find those allies of friendships where there's no investment in you and they really can see you and know you, then I think th that's great too. I'm not saying don't get a coach. I'm just saying like, when you, when you have the circle, um, it makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. I, I think I would agree with that. So the takeaways yeah. so far, we've got pick your friends, pick your never friends. stop doing it yeah, and ask a lot of questions. Does that sound, right. would you, is there anything you would tell somebody in a five minute conversation? If they were like, Oh my God, I have to be an entrepreneur. You would say, well, I had a girlfriend, uh, or not, she's not a girl. She, yeah. So a gal, um, I had recently, she's a girl. I don't know. What she is. <laughs> she's a female, she has boobs. Um, she's a mom, she, I started in my neighborhood. It was like more women need to be surrounded with more like women, but empowering women where women are lifting each other up. We're not cutting each other down. We're not nitpicking and doing that stuff. Cause so much of that happens with women and it's disgusting. So, um, you know, there's that jealousy aspect. So I'm like, I'm going to start a women's group of women who are in business. Like they have to be in business. We're going to get together. We're going to talk about business stuff. This isn't a bitch session. This isn't like a drink wine, get wasted session. This is like women in business wanting to do business. And so we've had two or three meetings so far. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've had, you know, a couple guest speakers, but going back to stuff where like people don't even know like the word avatar, you know, like where, you know, you brought out like some of your ClickFunnels books and like, you're just walking through like some standard operating procedures. Right. And um, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, and, and I like imposter syndrome didn't feel like I'm not, you know, like you go to FHL and you're like, oh, those people have made it like, oh my gosh. And then um, I'm like, can I teach these people? But I'm like, yeah, I can teach these people. It's great. So, but this gal came over yesterday and she's like, well, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to do, and, um, try it, go for it, do it. But at the same time, like, I'm like, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to invest a little bit of money. Um, and it, it could be hard, but at the same time, like I have told all of these women and they keep coming back, like, wow, is who are you buying to? Like the one, or who are you selling to? The biggest thing is like, if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one, right? You have to figure out and create a story behind the person who has these pain points and needs your help and your service. And if you haven't even done that yet, you have no business. 
you have no business starting. Like you're just, you, you might as well just take some cash and just like throw it out there in hopes, you know, it lands on something, but you've got to do that initial groundwork to really figure out like, who are you selling to? What is it that you want to sell them? And do they really need it? And then I think from there, you know, like you have a business or if not. You have, I think you're a hundred percent correct. If you have those things, you have a business, you will be able to sell. If you don't have those things, you're going to spend a ton of money and you're going to right. feel horrible because you're not going to gain any traction. hundred percent. So when people want to step over that first step, cause I did, um, Everybody I did does. work, right. <laughs> and then, um, then all of a sudden I identified it, you know, in the next day, those people are the ones that are calling me and I'm like, this is awesome, but you got to do the work. I have another funny awesome. story for you when you have a sec. Go for it. I was thinking of another job I did in between there when I was, so when I came home from my big um, corporate job and I was doing direct sales, Arn and I um, were, so weird to say, um, we were at church one day and, um, and I, I don't know how Arn feels about church now, but this, this has changed my feeling. Anyway, we're singing at church. We're like, maybe we should get involved a little bit more. And, um, the head pastor pulled our card and was like, Oh, um, the Alamans want to, you know, be involved a little bit more. And then they saw our address. And then the pastor called me at my corporate job one day. So this was kind of like leading up to some stuff. And I was like, what did we do? You know, kind of like when your parents use your full name. And so I was like, what happened? And he's like, no, I just want to get to know you and whatever. I was like, okay. Um, so I tell Arn and Arn's like, what did we do? And I was like, I don't know. And they, um, they got together with us and said, we're thinking about planting a church in your neighborhood. What do you think about that? And would you want to be on the committee? And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. So I was the operations manager for this church after I left the corporate and was doing the direct sales. And then I ran because then I was also, so then I like fell on all the jobs that I had done previously. So then I was the children's ministry director. I was also teaching children's ministry. I was running the entire operation. I was like the right-hand person to the head pastor and I got burnt out like because we didn't have any systems in place. Like we didn't put the proper stuff in place. And so I ended up quitting on him on Easter. On Easter on Easter. And if you know, like the Christian relate, like that yeah. is the biggest one. And so it was after a good Friday ceremony going into that Saturday and prepping for the Sunday. I was like, I'm out, I'm done. And this was probably a good two years into it. So I did that for a while and they wanted me, um, full time and like 900, a thousand dollars a month. That's it. And this was before Easy Peasy Kitchen. So then when I was in that, then I started figuring out more of the Easy Peasy Kitchen. And then they were upset that I had created Easy Peasy Kitchen because I needed a way to make a living, you know? It's but, funny how uh, churches do that. Well, organized religion for me now is really a difficult conversation. And that's a whole nother. That one has to take place over wine or alcohol, uh, any kind of hard any alcohol. <laughs> Fair hard enough. Alcohol. All right. But, we'll, uh, so yeah, we'll come so we, back. What? We'll come back to that on the next on the yeah. next episode. Drinks yeah, with Mickey yeah. and hard hard religion. We'll yeah. call it hard religion. But um, but yeah, but that but there was so much growth in that because when I left, they ended up hiring eight people, and wow. 
Yeah, and that was big. And they're they're still doing okay to this day, and that's great, but it's just not for me, but it was a step. Here was another thing um, that I learned hard. Um, during that season of life, I would say yes to everything, and it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. It didn't taste good coming off because I wanted to be that person who everyone could rely on. Um, and then a friend came to me and said, um, you're saying yes to a lot of good things, but you're missing out on the great. And I was like, oh, and I was like, okay. And so that's when I stepped back. And now too, in my business, I really think, am I saying yes to this because someone's telling me I have to do it or do I really feel it and know it? You know what I mean? And can I say no to it? And then that's, that's the other parameter, you know, temperature that I take as well when I'm trying to come up with something new in the business. Nice. I, yeah. like I definitely like saying no to stuff. I used to be the same. I used to say yes to everything that I could and like overbook my calendar and never have right. any like moment. And the same thing, like I would rather say yes to things that I am really excited about. I still try to be curious and if I can do it and there's no, yeah. like, heavy cost, I'll go do it. If it's like a trip or reading something or meeting somebody. But if it's if it's a big commitment, I, I definitely weigh it because it's like I only have so much bandwidth and my bandwidth yeah. needs to be spent on the things that I enjoy doing that make me money, that build my business, that are important to me. Yeah. I would say too, like with COVID happening, um, I think I was headed down a path of burnout and with COVID made us kind of like tuck everything in, bring everything in and really kind of weigh like what mattered and what wasn't. And then it was another repositioning time to pivot, but also hear from my clients again, like what are their new pain points and how can we pivot with them? It's a whole new business almost. I mean, yeah, a whole new opportunity anyway. We did. We pivoted with them. And I tell you what, like we just took off again in a whole new direction and it's been beautiful, but we've also been, had the opportunity to slow down. You know, we went backpacking a ton this summer, a ton of camping stuff that normally we, we just haven't done. I mean, I'm an outdoor girl. I love the outdoor and you wouldn't know that you know, within the last year. And so that, that was tough. I think 2019 was a tough year from it was a like it was an equally great year of discovery but it was also like a tough year like i put on 25 pounds um i just was doing so much for the business but i really wasn't doing anything for me anymore um i wasn't really working out i was doing all the things i mean you i'm married to like a guy who's freaking chiseled, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. But when your business and your kids are calling. And so I think that's what other people need to hear who are going to start a business too, is don't be afraid to put the boundaries in place. And there's a time to like go all in and be like, Oh, it's only me. And I got to do this. But you also have to know when to ask for help and, um, and to hear kind of that inside gut call too. But, um, you know, I've, I'm, like 20 pounds down, which is great. And so I feel better. <laughs> but again, it was this COVID period of really kind of being able to come back to see like what, what's been important and uh, which friendships. And I think honestly, some great things came out of it because, you know, we were at, we were on the cruise together mm -hmm. and then we went into FHL and I think we all got COVID from that. And then 
um, we had to come home, but like, you know, our, our, um, conference call that we're on every Thursday, you know, those friendships that we've been forging, I don't know that that would have happened in that capacity had we not been in this situation. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like, um, there's a lot of great things happen. Like I, I, I'm picturing like blossoming and, and all this kind of stuff, like, and it's been beautiful. It's been it's been a lot of fun getting to know different people, but for the right reasons. I would I would agree. I think um, I mean COVID overall is all. I don't want, I don't wish anyone get it. I think that it's bad that it happened. I feel bad for all the people who died, but there are good things that came out of it. I mean, I yeah. think what we're what we're talking about is you always find the good in any situation. I think that's an entrepreneurial trait. I think it's something that all of us possess where a lot of people are scared and worried and you know we possess all of that but we just choose to focus on other things yeah what well, we have to to survive yeah um, and it's what's fun i mean we love yeah. problem solving and figuring it out yeah you can't be a victim you can't be a martyr you've got to like figure it out and i think with the friendships that we forged through this um we can really depend and, and get bigger pictures so yeah awesome i well, love maybe- it if people were looking to get in touch with you, if they would maybe like to start their own easy peasy kitchen in their city or would like to talk to you about your women's group, where can they reach you? So um, super simple, uh, easypeasykitchen.com. It's with Z's, Z as Marley would say from Canada. Um, and then on Facebook, Easy Peasy Kitchen, same thing, message us. Um, really simple, just reach out. We're on Instagram, again, Easy Peasy Kitchen. So super simple. And uh, yeah, just send a message, get in touch. And uh, I'm, I, I, I might come off as like a hard exterior, but I really do love people and I love to help and I love to share and I love nonprofits and philanthropy and helping. And yeah, so just reach out. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, to everybody. Go ahead. No, Thanks like, for being on. Oh, you're amazing. Um, no problem. Uh, to everyone listening, we will see you next time on the show. Make sure to reach out to Nikki. She is truly awesome. Thanks for tuning into today's show. Are you looking for a way to produce powerful content that creates quality leads and can scale your business from 3K to 10K and beyond? If so, head over to storiesthatscale.com and pick up your free templates today. These free templates will show you the five core stories that will help your business scale that you can tell across social media, email, and YouTube. Anywhere you need content, these templates will help you out and they're free at storiesthatscale.com. Or if you know you want my help building out your content and monetization strategy, head over to steven.coffee and book my time today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. I'll see you soon.